When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones. And a round of applause, please, because Will Pugh, after missing in action for many a weeks, he may have been dropped by his missus tonight and we have reclaimed him because he is in the studio for West Ham. (laughs) Unbelievable. I'm not very happy, Charlie, because when I tuned into the show last week Mm. from my sickbed, I might add, Mm. rather than messages of support and, you know, just general positivity from (laughs) from my two people I thought were friends of mine, I think your exact words were, Will's not here and we don't know where he is. Mm. And I was laid stricken in bed, stricken in bed with tonsillitis, up to my eyeballs in antibiotics. Not a care in the world from two people I considered close personal friends of mine. So thanks very much. One, I have to do apologise. We didn't send you our well wishes. But secondly, in my defence, I didn't know where you was. You hadn't told us. I did. James didn't. Yeah, James, <laughs> Get, James, guilty. James, yeah, James knew. I didn't know. So maybe James James is uh, more to blame here. But look, this is the West Ham fan show. And Will is back. And at least he, he's not selective. Uh, he doesn't just come when West Ham win because West Ham have no wins uh, in the yeah, Premier League. What? what seems for years... Uh, It was obviously Spurs on the weekend. We know the changes there. Jose Mourinho taking charge of that game. Spurs haven't had an away league win since January. They get one and it is against West Ham. We're going to be talking about that. Delighted to say Martin Allen will be joining us because it's managerial merry-go-rounds at the minute. Spurs made a change. Could West Ham be making a change to themselves? We're already hearing about potentially Eddie Howe. What do you make of it? The Pellegrini hot seat is getting warmer and warmer. Then we'll review, uh, preview, sorry, the Chelsea game on the weekend and then and Will is back, so the Rogue Players West Ham Mystery Quiz is back. James has the lead 6-4. It is going to be a good one. Let's start then with, uh, obviously, the game against Spurs on the weekend. Not the best one. James, where do we begin? Because on the face of it, we're saying three goals conceded against Spurs, three goals conceded against Burnley, three goals conceded against Newcastle. A very worrying trend is developing here. Yeah, it's getting a bit boring now, isn't it? <laughs> I'm bored of this. Um, the the thing that annoys me is that's the second home game in a row we've gone three 0 down, and then the last twenty minutes we've decided to half heartedly try and play a game of football. Um, I think it's it's just there's just no heart, there's no fight. There's one or two players in there that that only really look like they care. Uh, 
on Saturday it was Antonio I thought was fantastic we came on changed the game obviously got his goal um, but Snodgrass looked like he actually cared and wanted it um, and I thought Deccan Rice had a, had, had, had a half you know a half decent game given the, the stick he's been he's had to come under from the likes of Roy Keane who I think still a little bit bitter about him not picking on over England but um, other than that I mean it was just all a little bit rubbish and we, we've worse become, than that well, I mean, Sorry. I mean, I could go worse than that, but we're on live live radio, Will. So, <laughs> and it's I, still early days. It's still early days. You know, we're not past the watershed yet. So, it's it's just rubbish from from top to bottom. And my biggest gripe with the whole thing is leading into this game. I think I said it last week. Was yeah, okay, we're out of form. I mean, obviously, we're on air when the whole Pochettino thing broke, and we thought, you know, I thought there, and then I thought, you know. Tottenham probably got the upper hand now you know mm. change of manager new manager bounce wake up in the morning it's Mourinho even more so but still regardless of all the f- form goes out the window out the window when it comes to the London derby and should you mean you, it, should. it should and you expect doesn't matter what form you're in you expect your manager to get your players up for a London derby like that Spurs at home that's the game that if you've got anything about it, you get your players up for it and they didn't do it uh, Pellegrini didn't do it he didn't have anything about him to get those players up for it and what disappoints me even more so is the fact that Mark Noble couldn't do it either and that means that there's something seriously wrong in that dressing room and I'm sick and tired of hearing all the, all the people blaming the fact that Fabianski's injured oh, the moment Fabianski gets back I think it'll be alright again I'm not buying that will improve it, it, it might improve but I don't think it's going to get to the point where we were when we were fourth in the league or fifth in the league in, in September it, it's, you, you, can't, you know you're in trouble when you're blaming eight games without a win because your goalkeeper's injured. That's a problem. Yeah, there are so many questions from the game. Uh, obviously, we're going to try to get to the bottom of it. I want to hear Will's thoughts on it because he's saying it was worse than rubbish. So we know he's going to have strong feelings on it because it is only drawn two, lost five in the last seven games. But as always, it's not just Will, it's not just James. You're a big part of the West Ham show. You can tweet us at Lovesport Radio. Call 0208 70 20 558. We've already had a caller on the line now. Adam from Essex. Adam, really disappointing game on the weekend. What did you make of it? I mean, there was nothing much to expect. Was there? <laughs> I mean, um, you would have taken a one 0 loss straight away, given the, given our current form. But um, to, to be honest, I wasn't expecting much at the weekend. I mean, you know, I already planted the seed with my Spurs mates to say that are oh, you going to do us and to kind of avoid that Monday morning awkwardness in the office. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's not great in a minute, but. Um, Obviously, there needs to be some sort of change at the club to, for us to move forward. Adam, so I, my personal opinion on the whole thing, on Saturday, I've sort of gone through the range of emotions since we've fallen off this cliff after beating Man United. First of all, you know, I was like, don't worry, it's not too bad after we lost to Palace. Then it was anger the few weeks after that. And Saturday, for me, just like tipped me into complete apathy, to be honest, because I was sitting there in that stadium looking at the players on the pitch, Pellegrini, after 10 minutes, before we'd even gone 1-0 down, after 10 minutes I could tell, what what am I here, why am I here, why am I, who's paid my money to be here, why am I here caring about this? Because, yeah, 10 minutes in, Diop and Kane had already had a couple of little scraps. And another one, they had a little tussle and Diop basically got booked for being fouled and you know, rightfully so, the crowd all saw it everyone goes up when the referee gives the foul to Tottenham 
And all the crowd are there cared and bothered about the games. We want to beat Tottenham, regardless of how well we've played before. And I looked down, the manager sat in the dugout with his arms folded, who might as well have had a sign on his back saying, please, can someone just pay me off and put me out this misery? <laughs> and even Mark Noble, who, you know, I, I, I'm a big advocate of Mark Noble, just like everyone else at West Ham is. But even him, I thought, all you need there, if we're not playing well, is just, right, the manager, get in the fourth officials here, have a go at him, show you care. Captain, get up in the ref's face, have a go at the ref. Someone on this in this stadium who's being paid to be here, not the ones who are paying to be here, show me that you actually give a stuff and want to win or at least get a point out of this game. Yeah. Yeah, should that apply to every game, not just our cup final against Spurs? Oh, absolutely, but even more so. That's what I mean. Like We haven't seen any of that against Newcastle or any of the other pathetic performances we've put in the last few weeks. Yeah. But even more so, and that's what, that's why I just think that, for me, was the... It was the catalyst because if that's if even for that one game, Spurs at home, which is certainly a game that all the fans look forward to when the fixtures come out, it's probably the most important one for most people. And if the players still can't get up for that, manager and captain and the rest of the squad, then w- what are you going to get up for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, Adam. We really appreciate you calling into the studio tonight. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you make of Pellegrini, obviously? Because that's a big debate at the minute. <coughs> um, I think given the fact that last year, I mean, when you compare the stats, I think we're one point better off than we was last year at this stage. And, you know, obviously we started the season with five games without a win and then we started to pick up our form and then progress well for a top-half finish mm. last year. Um, but this year, obviously, it's you know, we had a bad start against Man City, which was expected. And then we went on a seven, I think it was like a six-game unbeaten run. And then we, as soon as we beat Man United, it just, like, they say, as soon as that infamous tweet, you know, tells at the wheel, um, it just kind of, you know, he was steering the car that was going always downhill and crashing and burning. But I think last year, you know, it was his first season. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I think we expected a lot better from a, a manager of his quality and on his wages um, to be performing better and building off last season rather than um, kind of regressing. Um, but I do actually think that, you know, we just have to bite the bullet and just, let him go and just try and rebuild from there again. Um, like I say, there's been a lot of reports that Eddie Howe's interested, but it, let's be honest, he's not going to come with Stan. He's going to go Everton because he's an Everton fan. So that's where I, you know, we need to get that out of our head. We're not going to get Eddie Howe because he's, he's hearts elsewhere. Um, I actually think if we if we did make a managerial change, it should be a temporary one until the end of the season, and then we can review it again. Because, um, again, I can't see Dyche leaving Burnley when he's doing so well at the minute. Um, I can't see Benitez coming back from China for a, you know for the same sort of job role that he had at Newcastle. Um, I, yeah, so I just I just think we need someone in temporary, uh, someone that can get us playing football and kind of making sure we get a top-half finish from the results that we've got left in the season. Adam, and then... Who, yeah, sorry, mate, go on. Who do, who do we go for, though, mate? Because, you know, you said, like, we can rule out how... Uh, Dyche ain't going to come midway for a season. Who, uh, if we get a temporary manager in, hopefully it's not Moyes again. Cause, I'm you not know, going we, anymore. I will not go to we, a stand. We, we've done that. We've been there, done that. Um, Chris Hewton's been been touted. But next summer, forget who comes in now. Next summer, who do we go for? Uh, for me personally, I'd like to see someone fresh and new to the game. I mean, uh, for someone that I've watched for quite a few seasons, uh, would be the Cowley Brothers. <laughs> what? Um, I know, I know. It sounds so ridiculous. I know it sounds so ridiculous, and 
West Ham should have this mentality of getting a world-class manager in. But we've done that. We've done that. It's not worked. I think and my I think old Sunday to... league manager's out of work at the moment, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think if you look at someone that's young and he's up and coming and he's doing well, you want to look at like, the Cowley brothers as an example. I mean, yes, they managed Braintree in the conference. Yes, he played for Hornchurch when he was a, you know, before he got injured and went into managerial experience. But look at where he's come from. He's come from Braintree and then he's gone to Lincoln City with back-to-back promotions. And he's kept Lincoln City in a good position and now he's Huddersfield manager and they've gone from bottom six in the championship to top six in the championship. And I think if he's going to keep progressing in that sort of level and in that sort of speed, he's destined for a job in the Premier League. And why not at West Ham? You know, he's a he's a Hornchurch boy. He's a West Ham fan. He knows what the fans want because he is one. He understands the DNA of the club. And I think, you know, yeah, you look at examples like Graham Potter, you know, he went over to Austin's and done really well, got highlighted, got a job at Swansea, and then after Swansea, he's gone straight into a Brighton job, and they're 12th in the Premier League now. And I think maybe that is the sort of direction that we need to go in terms of getting someone young, fresh, and give them the actual time and a reasonable budget. I wouldn't say give him millions and millions of, you know, tens of millions of pounds to work with, but let him work with a squad, let him do what he does best and coach a team to do well. And that's who I actually think should be next boss. Yeah, Adam, you've stated your case well. Maybe a name none of us were expecting. A little surprise in there, but you, you've you've mentioned the connections. <coughs> he has a really good point there. Adam uh, calling from Essex on the West Ham fan show. So much to talk about still with that Tottenham game. We didn't really get into it. We'll add a, a mini rant. I feel like he saved that up for three weeks. It was good. It was rehearsed. It was nice. I enjoyed it. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Roberto because he's just a, a brilliantly uh, second string keeper. They've, they've unearthed a the gem there. We're going to be talking about that, but we are talking about managers. Uh, next, we get to talk to someone who is a manager, Martin Allen. He's going to know all about whether West Ham should make the change or not and who potentially they could bring in. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. We were just discussing that disappointing defeat to bitter rival Spurs on the weekend. They made a new managerial change. Jose Mourinho is now in charge. The new manager bounce working for them. Could West Ham soon be in the market for that new manager bounce themselves? Well, I'm delighted to say now a real highlight for us here in the studio to have Martin Allen on. Martin, obviously, a West Ham legend, knows his stuff from a managerial standpoint as well. Martin, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time tonight. Obviously, a lot's being made of Pellegrini at the minute. He's on the hot seat. No wins in seven. West Ham maybe searching that market. We're hearing links to Eddie Howe. We're also hearing, you know, a few fans have called him, saying the Cowley brothers could be a good shout. Martin, what do you make of the whole West Ham situation at the minute? Well, Charlie, I'm not one for uh, speculating on um, or you know looking at other names for managers' jobs when uh, there's current managers in their position. I would say that uh, I'm sure Mr. Pellegrini is um, is starting to feel the heat. Uh, the performances have not been good. The results have not been good. And when uh, if they're playing quite well or they're not winning then, you know, it's, it's not too bad. You can think that there's going to be something coming along uh, very soon. But at the moment, I saw the Newcastle game and they could have been 5-0 down at home against Newcastle. And I think there's this, this you know, um, discord amongst the supporters. The players don't really look happy. 
It looks disjointed and it looks like an unhappy group. I've got to be honest. Martin, I just want to get your thoughts on, on one thing. No, Mark Noble spoke after the game and it was something that rang true with me. I was frustrated watching the game on the weekend, just mainly from my perspective, it seemed the lack of effort. or the, the, Not the lack of effort as much as no one seemed to really be that bothered about how the game was going. And Mark Noble came out afterwards and said, the, you know, we, what basically in football and certainly at a club like West Ham, you do the hard, the ugly stuff first. You do your run in, you put your tackles in and you make sure you work hard on the other team. The quality takes care of itself and we're not doing that at the moment. That, and that's coming from the captain. What do, do you agree with that first? And what role do you think or how much responsibility does the manager take for that? Well, the week before, uh, when they lost 3-0 at Burnley, 20-year-old Declan Rice done an interview and he said, we never won our tackles. We didn't win our battles. And as basic as it seems, if you don't win your battles and you don't win your tackles, then you don't win the games. Which I think all of us as football fans and football players, I think that's just basically obvious. And so for Mark to come out with that statement, my guess, and it is only a guess, is that they've got too many, what I would call luxury type players, yeah. who... Um, who haven't got the, the basics right. And people say, oh, he's a really good player, he's a really good player. But for me, a good player is someone that is good with the ball and good without the ball. And I think there's far too many players in that group that are not good enough without the ball. And that is what I think Mark's referring to. They do try, of course they do try. But there's something seriously lacking in there at the moment. And it, you would have to say it's grit and determination and they look in the comfort zone. Right, and I make you completely right there. Sort of grit and determination, something that it, it from the outside looking in as a fan has is, is desperately been lacking over the last six, seven weeks. But one thing uh, was hunger at the weekend. You know, Spurs at home, that's a game where, you know, you want to see the players up for it, you know, regardless of form. Uh, the old cliche that form goes out of a window in a London derby like that. Um, it tends to be true more, more often than not, and we just didn't see that hunger. And do you, do you see that as a bit of a worry that you know whether it's Pellegrini or the captain or, or some of the some of the players that should know more experienced players just struggle to get the rest of the players up for a game like that in front of their own fans? Well, I don't think it's the other players, or the, you know that's got to be an individual motivation that you want to go out and win. But as I said in the previous question, it, it seems there's too much flair and not enough grit and fight. You can, you've just, we just had two quotes there from Declan Rice mm. and from Mark Noble, and they're both saying exactly what you're saying. And we could ask ourselves, well, why have they not got that determination? Why have they not got that, especially against what we would know as Tottenham, our main rivals? Why is that not in, in their DNA to fight and tackle and compete? And are they just in the comfort zone? Um, picking up good money. Some of them are picking up good money, by the way, mm. and not delivering. And uh, and am I worried? Yes, I am worried. I am. After seeing that Newcastle first-half performance, I think it's a big concern. Martin, I, I certainly agree with you on there about the, the comfort zone thing. I, I even had that feeling last season, to be honest, even when I know we ended up coming 10th. But you do get the, the feeling that for a lot of players, West Ham is a bit of a comfort zone club. I've had that thought about Lanzini, certainly. He's signed his new big deal. Masuaku a little bit. Cresswell got another deal. You do feel that a lot of these players are quite... They're almost... You know what? This is what, this is the cap of my career. But one thing you, you mentioned there about the grit and I sort of... 
you find, obviously, with any team, it's about striking a balance, isn't it? But I think that's always an underappreciated quality in Manchester City. Their ability off the ball is all the fantastic things they do on it. But where does that, you know, where do you, if you're in charge of the club, whether it's the director of football, the manager, the board, where do you find that balance? Do you buy other players who've got more of that so you can afford your luxuries like Anderson and Lanzini's? Or do you need to try and work on instilling that into those players we've got at the moment? Well, I'm not sure in total honesty that you can instill that in players. That is a mental um, mental approach. It, so you've either got that in your DNA or or you haven't. You know, uh, you, you mentioned Man City there and there's a, there's a point in case of Man City when Pep Guardiola took over. You know, they had a fantastic little centre forward called Aguero. <laughs> and he made him sub because he didn't work hard enough to get the ball back high up the pitch and pressurise the opposition. And he made him sub. He didn't play. And it wasn't for a while till he actually put him in and said, well, that's how I want him to play. That's how he is playing. And all of a sudden, Aguero was not only scoring but, you know, machine gun fire goals non-stop every week. He was also closing down and ratting the opposition from the front. Mm just like the three forwards do for Liverpool. Just like the three forwards do now for Chelsea. Mm. But it has to be in your mind, and you'd have to question, you would have to question the recruitment and who's responsible for recruitment. You've recruited players that are uh, uh, fantasy footballers, good on the ball, look nice, great (laughs) skills, nutmeg people. But hold on a minute, when you go away to Burnley, you've got to track up and down and you've got to compete uh, and you've got to go into tackles to make sure that the other team don't get on top of you. Martin, me and you have spoken at length this season. You know, uh, this felt like it was going to be West Ham season. Will and James agree, you know, their best 11 they were fielding in the Premier League this season. And, you know, that was backed up with the start to the season they had. Really started brightly. Then all of a sudden it took a, took a turn. Will mentioned it fell off the cliff. Can we pinpoint, or for you, where did it start to go wrong? Because it was going so right at the start of the season. How has it turned to this? I think both the fellas would agree with me here on a couple of things. We all saw them beat Manchester United 2-0. And it was a 2-0 at a canter. And that London stadium was absolutely buzzing as we all left it with three points. Beating Manchester United so comfortably, it was a quality, quality performance. Mm. I think they made an error by not taking a full team to play away at Oxford and beat them in the League Cup and stay in the Cup competition. I think that was a mistake. Sending down the reserves and the young players and losing 4-0, I thought the momentum they could have picked up from the Manchester United could have been continued and also given everybody in the club and outside the club hope for a Cup competition. I think that was an error. Yeah, I, I, since then, since then um, maybe maybe the, the euphoric feeling after the Manchester United game, and I, stand, I stood there at the very, very front of it myself and said this is one of the best West Ham teams I've seen. Maybe it was too big a day. Maybe it was, we've seen it, we've done it, we've arrived, we're really good, we're a good team now. We, we have too many pats on the back, I think that's the best way to put it too many pats on the back and forgot to do what makes you a good team and which is compete before that sexy soccer that really 
some of them is the only type of soccer they want to play. Yeah, I'm all for sexy soccer, Mike, if that's what you're calling it. I think complacency has crept in, though, a little bit. Too many pats on the back. Martin, always a pleasure to have you on and get your insight. Uh, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time this evening. Martin Allen there, just a uh, West Ham legend, footballing legend, just to get his insight. He's saying, you know, maybe there is a little bit of complacency this crept in. We're trying to get to the bottom. What is the West Ham fallout on the West Ham fan show this evening? But in other news, let's turn away from football, Will, because I know you have uh, something important to, to mention. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've uh, obviously you covered a lot of the negativity from from Saturday and from recently but one extremely positive thing uh, was on the 33rd minute anyone who's in the stadium or watch it on TV would have noticed on Saturday that in the 33rd minute of the game a round of applause went up and that was to pay tribute to 33 year old Lily Harris who unfortunately died on the 5th of November uh, Lily was a season ticket holder for most of her life she was a huge West Ham fan and uh, I'm lucky enough to know someone in her family through my work and the passed a message on that her family were really touched by the applause especially as the idea came organically from the fans before the game obviously the whole stadium joined in as well so that was really touching thing to see Lily unfortunately had cystic fibrosis and unfortunate complications after a recent lung transplant meant she passed away earlier in the month like I said her funeral's actually tomorrow and uh, the family have said that if anyone would like to make a donation uh, me and James will tweet the link out after the Mm -hmm. show and the money goes to the cystic fibrosis ward at Bart's Hospital where Lily received treatment but it was a really nice gesture from all the fans on the weekend yeah and uh, kudos to the Tottenham fans as well we joined in and uh, everyone paid real respect to it in the stadium so that was nice to see yeah, a really touching tribute there for Lily Harris. Uh, fans applauding in that 33rd minute. Please check out We Are West, uh, we are West Ham Twitter. They will post a link uh, the Just Giving page for Lily Harris. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. The Opposition View on Love Sport. That's right, it's time for the opposition view now because, well, West Ham fans, they may be sick of London derbies losing to Spurs on the weekend. They have another one. They play Chelsea this weekend. Chelsea may have lost to Man City 2-1, but they are going great in the Premier League. Six wins on the bounce before that. Delighted to say now, uh, Oli Salt from the Daily Star has joined us to give us a little Chelsea preview. Oli, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Chelsea in a rich vein of form, barring the weekend. West Ham can't buy points at the minute. I think it's two from the last 21. One, Chelsea got to be feeling confident ahead of this game. Chelsea will be feeling confident. Um, you summed it up there. Chelsea, prior to Saturday's defeat at Manchester City, are flying in the league. And for West Ham right now, it's, it's, it's really been a poor run of form, conceding a lot of goals uh, with no help from uh, Roberto, Roberto in between the sticks, who's, who's looked calamitous so far. Um, and Chelsea will hope to return to winning ways in the league they've they've got a big game in the Champions League tomorrow night away at Valencia um, I'm sure West Ham will, will be hoping that the result doesn't go their way there and, and perhaps their confidence can be knocked even more ahead of Saturday's game uh, at the bridge yeah they'll be shattered by then Ollie. <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. shattered yeah on a, <laughs> from from my perspective I'm just looking at it and thinking Frank Lampard's going to be absolutely wetting himself with excitement and want to put as many past us as possible basically obviously wasn't a big fan of West Ham during his playing career after he left loved banging a penalty or smashing him in from the edge of the box yeah. against West Ham and I'm, I'm sure nothing will have changed now he's he's the manager and to be honest, I, I can't really see anything other than another resounding defeat. Not again. You've you've got almost a perfect storm, haven't you? Like you said, there we're we're playing terribly and Chelsea are playing well. If any, 
what chance have West Ham got and what do we need to do if we're going to get anything out of the game, do you think? Um, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, at games like this where the form and the odds suggest that um, Chelsea are going to win comfortably, the Premier League sometimes offers up results that you don't see coming. Um, but for West Ham, it's going to be difficult because Chelsea, aside from losing, uh, getting thumped on the first day at Manchester United, they were really unlucky to lose to Liverpool and then obviously Saturday's defeat at City against a lot of the lesser teams are expected to beat. They've they've passed those tests and they've they've come through them um, it, with victories. Um, for West Ham, I suppose it's, it's going to have to be a. I, I think Chelsea, the the attacking players they've got in Abraham, I expect Mount to be starting again on Saturday after being dropped to the bench at Man City. They're always capable of scoring goals, and I, I think aside from United on the first day, they've scored in every game in the league. So I think it, for West Ham, it's going to come down to whether they can find a way through um, Chelsea's defence, which is sometimes um, a little bit leaky. It was more so towards the start of the season. But West Ham are, are going to have to find a way to score um, uh, if, if they want to get anything from the game. I don't think they'll be able to shut up shop and, and, and hope for, to stop Chelsea from scoring. Ollie, what is it that... I mean, I, I was one that definitely wrote... Um... Lampard off at the beginning of the season when he took the job. Uh, I just thought no, yeah. this sort of job. I mean, I'm, I know I'm not the only one either. I know a lot of people did, and you know, I thought this sort of job was a little bit too big for him so soon in his career. I had no doubt that he'd be be a good manager, but I, probably, yeah. I, I just I think I and a lot of other people expected him to maybe have a couple more years at Derby or in the, you know or other clubs before taking the big job. Uh, it's proven everyone wrong. Um, yeah. What is it? What I mean, is it just the fact that? He, he knows the youth players really well and that the youth set up and him and Jody Morris sort of know the club inside out or or is there something else that he's really instilled into that into that squad of players that's really sort of, you know, hit the sweet spot? Well, the I mean, the, the young players that he's brought into the team, um, they've exceeded expectations, really. And there's a lot of talk about the transfer ban. I think that's perhaps why people had a lot of the doubts they did about Lampard coming in was the fact he wasn't going to be able to strengthen the squad um, in the transfer market. But um, he was able to strengthen it in a way that we had clearly a number of players who were ready to come in and, and make an impact in the Premier League out on loan. That you know, it's, all, it's almost as if he, he has made four or five tra- uh, transfers, but it's, it's simply players he's brought back in on loan. So... Them exceeding expectations um, has has helped him a lot, um, and it's also I think the team are playing a lot more positive football than they were last year under Sari. I know I know there's a lot more to it than that, um, and and at the, start, the at the beginning of the season they were conceding a lot of goals because of it, um, but the under under Sari last season it was a lot of sideways passing with no real purpose behind it. It almost felt like passing the ball sideways for the sake of it at times. This year, um, in in possession of the ball, they're clearly trying to dominate the ball, but there's there's a purpose behind it. There's movement. Um, as I said, there's a confidence that they're going to score in, in pretty much every game they're playing at the moment. Basically, uh, basically Chelsea are going to thrash us, Holly. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, as I said, the, the form and, and everything suggests so, but the, that's, that's why we all love the Premier League, because 
it's always ca- it's always capable of throwing in a result that no one expects every now and then. Well, so that can that can keep you boys optimistic. Before <laughs> <that>. <laughs> this is it, Ollie, though, because we mentioned, you know, James and Will said at the start in in games like this, London derbies, form should go out of the window. West Ham will be hanging on to that. It wasn't to be against Saturday, but you know they've got a chance to put it right the very next week against Chelsea. Chelsea have great form. It can't always be that way. West Ham have bad form. It has to turn at some point. Can we make a case for them this weekend? Then is there any any chance you're giving giving them, and what is your score prediction? Well, well, um, it's a tough one because I, 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 I'm a Chelsea fan myself, first and foremost. So, it's uh, I'd, I'd like to think that um, the Premier League doesn't offer up a shock on Saturday, <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll go for Chelsea. Chelsea two, West Ham nil. I'll keep it a low low score line for for you guys, but I think uh, Chelsea should come through it unscathed. I'd take 2-0. I would. <laughs> Ollie, they'll take 2-0. That, that's an improvement for them at the minute. Honestly, the way they're feeling, we're close to tears in the studio. Ollie, thank you so much for joining us. Ollie Salt there Cheers. from the Daily Star. Chelsea fan, Chelsea man, he has to go with his team. Let's put it on to you two then. We know of the dire, dire form at the minute. Can it change? Can it turn around? Is there any light at the end of the tunnel, James? Uh, not this no. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not this weekend. Uh, uh, I, I, I see an absolute pace in this weekend. I really do. Um, but I'll say, I'll say one all. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Good man. Will, I think we'll lose four nil. Really? Uh, what is that bad? Will. It's just continuing. Of course, it's that bad. We look, we conceded three goals at home to Newcastle United at home. I don't know if any of you watched their game last night. What I an did, atrocious man. football team they really are. And Aston Villa was seventeenth. We, they... we made that Saint Maximan look good. Absolutely. I watched well, him that's last what night. We're saying. Rubbish. <laughs> Awful, wasn't he? Was Terrible it? footballer. That's what I'm but saying. We made him look like Messi. Exactly. No, I, I don't know because you, I'm, you're rocking a hard place. I either say, oh yeah, no, we're going to be all right, and some sort of optimist. But it just makes you sound pathetic, and no, like you don't know no. what you're talking see, about. See, I've already said. <clears> I, I, I'm dreading it. I'm dreading every single second of it. But I reckon we'll draw one all. Yeah, well, no, that's 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 the beauty of it, isn't it? Because then we we you know we're not upsetting. We're upsetting only fifty percent of our listenership. Because I half just don't the want people... to upset myself by just resigning myself to the fact that we're going to beat get beat six now. I don't want to say that out loud, <laughs> especially on live radio. So we're going to draw one all. Yeah, but then half the listeners are going, "Oh, that James is and an absolute all, clown." Yeah, they do the that most weeks. Yeah. Anyway, and all so of the true. listeners <laughs> now know you don't really believe it's going to be one one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's quickly talk about Roberto because we didn't. Really Really cover him in a section. We had a caller, really unlucky not to save that first goal. Uh, what is going on at it's the minute, James? It's not funny. <laughs> unlucky to save the first goal. Get out of it. The first goal, pathetic. He, near post, he makes himself as small as We've possible. We've got a live one. He, <laughs> he made himself as small as Trigger possible. I, I, you know, it's, so, it's like basics of goalkeeping. But what when, a skill is that to make yourself really small? No, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what is a great skill, <clears throat> punching the ball behind you in your own goal. Yeah, that was, That's but, class. Honestly, this week, seriously, that first goal, Sun did nothing good there. He's just got a shot on target. Mm. All you have to do is back. make yourself big, isn't it? You just have to make yourself big. That's what they teach you when you're like nine years old at goalie school. You goalie, went to goalie school, school, which I don't think Roberto went to. That's for sure. <laughs> you honestly, did. it's just ridiculous. Seriously, it, it does break your heart, doesn't it? At the moment, our the best our best goalkeeper gets injured, our season falls apart, and we got rid of a, a pretty good goalkeeper in yeah. Adrian. Who, don't get me wrong, loved the mistake, but was reliable at the same time. It was better than Roberto. Nine times out of ten, and we've replaced him with 
Roberto, who's, who's like, no, he's probably a really nice guy. Nothing personal, <laughs> what the, mate. What on earth made you right? say that? Nothing Just personal, you feel bad. Nothing personal, mate, but you're rubbish. <laughs> and then and then David Martin, who, again, seems like we only brought him to the club because he supports West Ham and his dad's a club legend. That's the well, only, I can't was, think of any other reason why we got him in. He was actually, but he was bought in on a, a training, what they call a training ground contract. So it was basically just, you're, you're brought in. Did he to go m- to goalie school? <laughs> I think he did, to be fair to him. Why yeah. did they make a big song and dance that side? And why, I mean, he can still play because he's on the bench. Mm. No, but he's, he, I'm, I'm not saying his contract stops him from playing, but he was bought in what's commonly known as a training ground contract. A bit like the number four goalies, Richard Ryan, Man City, that sort of thing. And I, I, I'm with you. I still think, even if he's really... I think you've got nothing to lose. Because even if he just you know, slathers a load of Lurpak on his gloves like Roberto's been doing, <laughs> and lets four or five through, what have you lost? What have you lost? It really doesn't do, matter, I, does it? I agree. It's a real, the real, only way he's up, he could actually do well. So. It's a real tragic state of affairs, isn't it, our goalkeeper situation? Mm. What a pleasure it is so, to have Wolbeck. Just quickly, though, mate. Just quickly. It does seep through to the rest of the team, doesn't it? And I, yeah. I know I've... That is not an excuse. We've conceded more shots on goal. <clears throat> since, yeah, but that, that doesn't fall to Roberto. Fabianski got injured. I think a lot of that's down to they're not being organised enough. Mm. They're not, so they're not said a few weeks ago we were bullied off the park. We've seen no improvement since then. No, we can't all put it down to Roberto. I'm not putting it all down to him. What I'm, I'm saying is, though, Roberto, I no. feel like it must be so frustrating, right? If you're running your side, I'm not saying they are, but if you're up on, on the pitch but in any position, no, exactly I know not. they're not, but if you're running your socks off or doing anything, just trying to win the game, and you know that it doesn't really matter if you, you know, try your socks off, if you like, to, <laughs> to win or score or shut people down, that if it goes down the other end, your goalkeeper can't do like basic five out of ten stuff. Do you know what I mean? It must be frustrating. There, I'm, I'm not having it that there's not a little bit of that that's psychologically uh, seeped in. A Yeti put on his Instagram video of um, oh, that's class, wasn't it? Fabianski training. It was like soon, soon. So even he, like, I think that just shows that a Yeti, <laughs> even a Yeti, you can't even get a game himself. He's going, no, I've had enough of this. <laughs> He's only getting a minute ago. <laughs> Everyone is gutted that Fabianski is out, hoping for that return sooner rather than later. Well, next up, it is the tradition. It is the fans' favourite. It is the West Ham Mystery Players Quiz. It's time. And Will is back. This one counts for something. The Rogue Players Quiz is next. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. Well, we have come to our favourite part of the show, my favourite part of the show. It is time for the West Ham Mystery Players Quiz, the Rogue Players Quiz. Well, Will hasn't been here for the last few weeks. Let me remind you of the rules. There are three players, mystery West Ham players. I will give them five clues each. Is the first person to get that player, gets a point. There's three points at stake tonight. Whoever wins, they get a game week point. In game weeks, James is leading 6-4. James has won six weeks. Will has won four. If the scores are tied, we go to the points. How many overall players have they got? James currently leads 17-13. to 13. Obviously, tonight's one is big. Will does not want a three-game gap. This I is mean, it. I've come back from it before, haven't I? I was 4-1 down have. not so long ago. Pulled it back to 4 all. Sort of thing doesn't worry me, Charlie, mm. no. Yeah, yeah, you've had a few weeks off. You've, I'm sure you've been practising. <laughs> James has had a bit of a mare to Tom. You know, he, he won one and lost one. Yeah, lost right? to Danny as well when he was embarrassing. Yeah, he did. Embarrassing friendly performances. Yeah, right? really. I, I won last week, though. You don't get up for friendlies, though, do you? Everyone knows pre-season. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, here we go. Player number one, fingers on the buzzer. Clue number one. Started their career at Norwich. 
Dean Ashton. Oh, I knew you were going to say Incorrect. that. Incorrect. Such you an obvious one. You can tell that Will is back because he fires very quickly. Clue number two. Played 63 times for West Ham. Callum Davenport. Incorrect. Clue number three. Shirt number 10. Dean Ashton. <laughs> I literally said Dean Ashton. <laughs> Mind games already. Clue number four. Scored against Man United in 1992 to help stop them winning the league. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Oh, um, Mike Marsh. Incorrect. Clue number five. His dad won the FA Cup playing for West Ham. Cool, stumped him. This is stumped him. All five clues we have not had a correct answer yet. I will quickly. His dad. Sorry, what was the last one? His dad won Clue the number FA five. Cup. His dad won the FA Cup playing for West Ham. Will, he thinks he's onto something here. As Will thinks, I will quickly run through those five clues again for player number one. Started their career at Norwich. Played 63 times for West Ham. Shirt number 10. Scored against Man United in 1992 to help stop them winning the league. His dad won the FA Cup playing for West Ham. I mean, bearing in mind, I was born in 1991. Mm. <laughs> Should we bank it? Bank it, yeah. yeah We're go going to bank it. We're going to go on to player number two. No one has correctly guessed player number one. Player number two, clue number one, Jamaican international. Clue number two, 13 games, one goal for West Ham. Jamaican. Clue number three, left West Ham for Cardiff in 2004 for 250000 <laughs> Malcolm Mackay. <laughs> no, I thought you would have got this a lot quicker. I clue number I four. I keep thinking Omri Camera. No, but it's not. I don't. You, you, these two clues, you, you you're gonna need to be on it. Clue number four began career at Wimbledon. Uh, and this is the gimme. Currently playing. Go on. Currently clue. playing for Leighton Orient. Joby McEnough. Oh, That's correct. Oh. Will has got it 1-0. We go on to this player exactly number three. James, of. you need this Phew. to tie it up, boys. We will win this week. Player number three. Will, you have a great chance here. Will currently leads 1-0. Player number three. Clue number one. Started their career at Bolton in 2003. Clue number two. Played 10 games for Hibernian. <laughs> Clue number three made West Ham debut against Millwall in 2012. Clue number four first Premier League goal came against QPR, also in 2012. The final clue for your final player this evening shirt number 12. Wayne Quinn? No. I thought you would have got this one, actually. I, I think I can give another clue. Scored a massive... This is my own clue, I'm sure I'm right. Scored a massive... Fast toe. Yeah. Because mm. was was I said that. He played for Hibs. I was going to give you that goal. Is oh, that what got you it? God. But when you said scored a massive, and then I thought... 
he did score against QPR, and I remember a player who wore number 12 was called Vastay, and I thought, yeah, it's definitely Vastay. Well, <laughs> that means that we go back to player number one, and the scores are all tied. James just got a great equaliser then. It is 1-1. One, one. We go back to the final player. A quick rundown of those clues as the scores are 1-1. One, one. Started their career at Norwich. Played 63 times for West Ham. Shirt number 10. Scored against Man United in 1992 to help stop them winning the league. Clue number five, his dad won the FA Cup playing for West Ham. Mm. It's a tough what, one. What, what, year did, can we, what year did his dad win the FA Cup? All right, I'm going to get on to that now. Or do we go initials? <laughs> I, I've, I've, I haven't even got a Scooby on this, to be honest. No, I'm, I'm lost. I mean, it's a sort of knowledge you also, know, because that was a famous game. I'll give you some 1992. When we stopped Man United winning the, winning the league. Yeah, but you were 21 then. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. <laughs> Six months old. <laughs> also, Three years old. Also played for Barry Town between 2000 and 2003. 82 appearances. What? <laughs> Oh, hang on. Now I know. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. Played for Millwall, 19, 1997 to 1998 season. Played 45 games that year for Millwall. What season? 97, uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, This is this difficult. Is, is this proper rogue, this one? This is, where's the rogue players quiz? Uh, <laughs> Michael Hughes. We've had him no. already, haven't we? Shall I give you their initials? Yeah, yeah go on. KB. Kenny Baker is so close but wrong. Kenny Barker again is close but wrong. <laughs> Kenny is obviously now the first name because you've said two different surnames. Kenny. Kenny started their career at Norwich, played 63 times for West Ham. Kenny wore shirt number 10. Kenny also scored Brown? against Kenny Brown. That is correct. Oh, see you later. <laughs> oh, thank you. Unbelievably, Will <laughs> has is, won. That is this completely evening. rogue. That though. completely rogue. We expect nothing different from Reece, who provides us with I've a players and clues. I've literally just looked at my phone, and Lewis John has tweeted again. It's Kenny Brown. Mm. But can't look at your phone during the can't look during the quiz. Honesty, uh, integrity, so. professionalism from you there, James Jones. Well, Will. Not only have you won the quiz, you've got two rounds of applause on tonight's show Absolutely. for coming back and winning it. But now the scores are... It's a hat-trick. Can I get one? <laughs> Not yet. Oh. The, <laughs> the scores are 6-5 now, and obviously it is 18-15. So you've clawed one back there. But 6-5, that's what really matters. Will is one game away. That is very good. Nearly at a tennis tiebreaker. Feeling confident, I think, Will. You, you feel refreshed. Excellent comeback, yeah. I think after those <laughs> two weeks off, despite my serious, severe illness that neither of you gave me any sympathy for, I feel like I'm back in the game. It's only a sore throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is Chelsea on the weekend. We will be back with another quiz. But can West Ham ultimately, will they make a change this week or soon? Where, when does that change come? I don't think it comes this weekend uh, or this week, shall I say, uh, with what Chelsea this weekend. And then got Wolves on Wolves Wednesday. On Wednesday. Yeah. I just don't, I don't see them making a change now. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we're just going to have to suffer for a little bit longer. I, I mean, you just don't know with, with, with West Ham these days, do you? So. Mm. One, one, one thing I would like to get the view of the fans on, and perhaps people can tweet us in the week, tweet us now, whatever, let us know. Perhaps we'll put a poll out. Philippe Anderson, 
because there seems to be a real split. At the he moment. can't be manager, Will. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be better than he is on the pitch. He'd be a good poll. But no, I'm genuinely interested because there seems a real split at the moment. Uh, when when he got hauled off at half time on the weekend, I was like, oh, thank God, about time. We've done absolutely nothing. You don't care at the moment. You're not bothered that we're losing. You're not doing anything with the ball. You're not dangerous. You're not worrying them, blah, blah, blah. And went on Twitter after the game and some quite esteemed journalists, esteemed, you know, popular, well-known West Ham fans uh, in the industry were all saying, what on earth is he doing hooking him at half-time? He's our most dangerous player, blah, blah, blah. And I genuinely am interest, interested to hear because I can't see it at all. And I, I hope he drops him for the weekend, if nothing else, just to give him a bit of a rocket up the backside. But I will be interested to hear what mm. people think about Philippe Anderson because I, I really can't see it. But some people are still absolutely in love with him. Very quickly, James, you think that's fair? Do you agree with what Will says? I think, uh, particularly of late, it, it, I mean, he's... Uh... He's a, he's a form footballer, isn't he? He's sort of a confidence footballer, is, is what they call him. He'll have a couple of good games, score a couple of good goals, and then he'll have five or six where he's he's not in form and he's out of confidence, and then he needs a bit of a lucky goal or you know or, or a relatively good game to get back into it. Uh, for a forty million quid, you can't can't really have that, can you? Um, I'm I'm the same. I'd like to see him dropped. Yeah, like to see him drop. Well, something has to give this weekend. Well, this has been the West Ham fan show. We will be here at the same time as we are every Tuesday, 7 to 8, when we are West Ham. It is their takeover. I'll be joined again by Will Pugh and James Jones right here on Love Sport Radio. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Podcast Network.